Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Um, all right, so today, again, we welcome Adam Mercer, um, 2016 X30 Australian champion. Uh, we're going to talk about how he started and where he is today. So, Adam, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, let's start from the beginning. How old were you when you first started racing? So, I was 11 years old when I started racing. So, um, yes, we started just as a, yeah, my dad and my brother. Um, uh, they, they obviously started the year before I did, and then I ended up with my brother's hand-me-down cart the following year. So, um, yeah, I was I was 11 years old, so I was probably a bit older than a lot of kids are starting these days. So, um, you know, there's kids in the carts at the moment at, at five and six years old. So, um, they're, um, they're, yeah, but I was 11, so I missed missed a few years at the start there. So that was back into 1997. And how did you get into karting? Yeah, so um, we had some friends that lived in the neighbourhood that, that had carts and um, back then it was a lot easier to get into into racing you know if you had a friend you could just go to the local cart track and jump in his cart and go for a drive but um, with the insurances and stuff these days unfortunately it's not as easy as doing that so uh, but we um, yeah we we just started out with one cart that that um, my brother and I shared there for a period so yeah that was how we got into it just through a, a neighborhood friend and what type of carts and teams have you been involved with over the years? Yeah, um, I had the first cart I ever had was a, a, a JP Sprinter, which um, aren't around anymore, but they uh, they were built by uh, one of Australia's karting greats, John Pizarro. Um, and that was a, um, it probably wasn't even the right cart for what I needed to be in. It was a, 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 a full-size cart that shrunk down to fit a, a rookie in it or now called cadet 12 but um i started in that and then i moved um into a dino cart which were around um in the sort of the the 90s and early 2000s um right through australia they were probably the cart to have in the at the time um and then i went from a dino into into tony cart so i was in tony cart for a fair few years there and then um and then i went into cosmic um, and then for the last seven years, I've been in the Arrow brand with um, with DPE Cart Technology. So um, we've um, we've done it sort of for, for the first oh, nine years. We were we were just doing it as a, a a family sort of as the three of us, and and obviously my mum. But then um, as the years got on, and we were getting more and more serious with it, um, we we got we moved to Brisbane, and we got tied up with. Um, RV Engines, um, which Ralph Van Dorn, who's been in the sport for a long time, and he looked after me and my brother for for a number of years, right through our junior days. And then, um, and then from the point I started working at Pacific Kart Sport, I've been tied up with him now for the last 
uh, seven years have been going with them. It's been going really good. So um, I've only really been with one sort of shop team, but um, we've sort of been associated with, with people that have helped us along the way as well. Fantastic. Wow, seven years at the one team. That's very honourable. <laughs> um, and so what experiences has karting opened up for you? Um, I've, I've been quite fortunate to, to be able to, um, for me, the biggest one was um, I was able to travel overseas and race. Um, that, was, that was off the back of a prize from 2016. Um, been able to meet a lot of great people in the sport and um, I've got a lot, a lot of lifelong friends who I basically associate myself with now and I've also uh, created a career out of it, you know. I, that's my daily, day-to-day job. It's probably a job that most people would, would dream of doing, but um, it's it's been good for me and it's, um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it and I still get to race and I get to work on them day to day, which is which is pretty cool. Fantastic. And so you've been Australian champion, you've been racing for 19 years, you've obviously had some highest of highs and lowest of lows. Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, so obviously the... the the highs are obviously we we won a state championship and and a national championship, uh, but then we've had some years there in the in between where you think you know what's going on nothing nothing would go right nothing fell into place. Um, the year after we won the Australian championship, we had an absolute shocking year. So um, that was just due to a lot of different things where you know we. Um, we, we were developing a cart um, at the same time with, with DPE, which we were, you know, we were all aware of, you know, that it was going to be a long road, but, um, you know, we had a lot of other dramas and things going on at the same time. So we went from having a really good successful year in 2016 to an actually really sort of average year in 2017. So, um, but, you know, that's motorsport. It does happen. Um, it took me 19 years to get to the, to the championship in, in 2016 so for me it's it's just about building and and you, you've you've got to take the highs with the lows and um unfortunately in the sport we're in there's there's a lot more lows than there are highs yes we all are fully aware of that and so are you still currently racing at the moment yeah so i've taken a, a step back from the from the mainstream racing so i still do all the club shows that we have here so i'm still racing regularly at Ipswich, um, try and get to the to the country clubs, Toowoomba and Warwick and and, and um, Kalula and places like that when we can. Uh, but it, mainly at the moment, it's just Ipswich. Um, I've done the, uh, I did the Rotax Pro Tour a few weeks ago at Ipswich, but that was just a, a sort of a wild card event for me where it was just sort of to, to do a bigger event for the year just because we'd step back from the, the, the bigger scene just due to um, circumstance we just at this time of the year we don't have the free time or my dad doesn't have the free time at the moment to be able to just drop everything and go traveling around the country racing so yeah. that's been the the biggest reason why we've we've just taken a step back from the the national circuit um, but at the same time I do miss it but um, you know karting will always be there I've always found so there's always next year and the year after that that we can we can hopefully um, go back and do the do the national scene again next year and so you've raced nationally and internationally. What have the, like, been the best tracks you've come across and, and why is that? Like, what, what do they possess that other tracks don't? 
yeah, um, the, the the main one, obviously, it's it's attracted a lot of people that have been around a long time will know of. Um, we, my favourite track in Australia would have to be uh, Rally International Raceway, which unfortunately we don't race at or go to anymore. Um, and last time I was there, the track has deteriorate, de- deteriorated a fair bit. Um, it's... It was um, just south of Coffs Harbour, um, right in this, this nice sort of rainforest area. Uh, a lot of undulation. It was a big, long track. It was um, international spec. Um, and a lot of a lot of famous drivers have, have all raced there. Um, unfortunately, we don't get to go there anymore, but we were fortunate enough. I did a lot of racing there as a junior um, with the Ford Kart Star Series and things like that. Um, and... And yeah, it's a shame that we don't go there anymore, but um, hopefully, I don't know, one day yeah. things might change and we can go back there. But um, We keep getting flooded, so unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately they can't. But the um, the second one for me would be Le Mans in France. Uh, just, just that was the first ever European track I've been to, so um, it, was, it was a lot longer than any track that we have here, but just the... The way the tracks constructed in the in the pit area and everything like that that was yeah it was a it was right next door to the 24 hour circuit so it was actually sort of inside the the 24 hour circuit um, uh, uh, paddock sort of thing so um, so you could see the main straight and all that from the cart track so that was really cool um, so those two tracks would have to be my favorite that I've been to and when you say it's bigger like is it a, a, another kilometer bigger or how bigger is it and um, you mentioned um, off air before that they had really great catering facilities and the, and the bitumen. How's it? How are they? Yeah, so train tracks different to Australian tracks. Yeah, so the the international circuit spec, most of the tracks over there are over twelve hundred meters long. So here in Australia, uh, most tracks are maybe no bigger than than one kilometer long. So um, they're uh, long. Mine by memory, I think, was about 1,350 metres. So, so for instance, Ipswich track, which is probably one of the bigger tracks in the country, it's 1,050 metres. So it's another 300 metres bigger than Ipswich. So, um, and they're 10 metres wide. So um, why most of our tracks here are eight metres wide. So um, we do have some tracks that are very similar here that are, that are uh, on that sort of um, scale that... Um, like Emerald and and Pimpermar, which is just the higher the higher circuit there they do race the stars at. But um, yeah, so the, the the track lengths are a lot longer over there. Um, the the pit areas are all bitumen, so there's no gravel or dirt. So you you're not you know at the end of the day all your stuff's always clean and immaculate. So you don't you're not getting you're not having to clean the cart as much. Um, and at the bigger events over there um, for France, for instance, they they have full catering facilities. So the competitors can pay a, a fee. Um, I think by memory it was about 30 euro a day, and that provided you uh, a lunch and dinner seating at the track in a in a full five star catering facility. So uh, um, that that was um, yeah, that was sort of some of the stuff they do. That's obviously the bigger events, um, but the, the pit areas and stuff like that they they seem to spend the money in sort of different areas over there. Like we've got all undercover grids and things here. Why over there the grids are the grids are just open um, with two fence lines down on either side where, you know, they it's like they, they just spend the money in different areas of the circuit. So, uh, but it seems to be a lot more laid back as far as 
some of the things that they they do over there you you would never get away with doing here you know and i think that's just more to do with all the insurances and things like that no not insurance having the impact on our sport who would have thought <laughs> Um, so obviously after 19 years of being a competitor, um, you would have done some sort of fitness training. Um, what kind of things have you done along the way um, for your general health and um, what, what do you do now? Yep, yeah, so uh, at Pacific Carsport we've got a, a, a Tabata TRX training system set up upstairs at work, um, which we had a, a good friend of ours um, who is basically uh, does all that sort of stuff as as a part-time sort of job but he come and set all that up for us um and that's that's all set up upstairs at work there then uh, myself and and dale and a few customers from time to time come up and yeah we just we just punch it out for it's only sort of half an hour worth of work but um it's all high intensity short burst stuff so um, you, you, you're pretty knackered by the end of that. So we do that um, most Tuesday nights. Um, uh, we've been going pretty good lately. We've, we've sort of been, the last few months, we've done it every Tuesday night. So uh, we've been keeping that up as much as we can. And then also I do um, uh, a bit of a touch football during the week as well. So um, that sort of keeps my cardio stuff um, <laughs> intact because that's, that's a high-intensity game too. So, yeah, um, but... Yeah, mainly mainly just the TRX stuff. Um, we yeah we focus on on that because it sort of just builds up. Yeah, it's all all mental sort of strength stuff. And you just utilising your body weight. Yeah, so it's all just body weight stuff. So um, do things like battle ropes and things like that. So it's just a big thick like boat anchor rope that you that you basically shake up and down for. Um, you know, it depends how long you want to set your stations up for. So we do 45, 50 seconds of flat-out battle rope as fast as you can go um, without without dropping your form. Um, and, and yeah, it's just things like that. And, and it's all stuff to do with just yourself, yeah, your own body weight. So use your own body weight to um, – you'd be surprised how much it can actually um, burn you up. Yeah, for sure. And people don't realise, they're thinking that they've got to hit the gym and do dumbbells. But actually, when it comes to motorsports, it's really important. Um, well, one of the benefits is just to actually utilise your body weight because it's the biggest weight that you, you need to carry, especially when you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, so we find, like, um, you know, uh, Dale and, and the guys who I deal with at the moment, they've been around the sport for 30-plus years, you know, so... For them, what they've seen, we find that yeah, core strength is probably the main the main objective. We find, um, which you know, if you don't have good core strength, it sort of affects your posture in the cart, and therefore, if you if your posture starts to fail, it then can start affecting your driving technique. So, um, it's it's all it's all we find. The core strength is probably the the most one we would we would focus on with most of the guys we help through the shop there. Um, to focus on if they're going to do anything. I don't think doing weights and things like that. I don't think it's a different sort of um, it's a different sort of strength that you need when you're driving carts and and race cars or whatever it is sort of motorsport related that you're doing. Um, yeah, I think more mental me mental and and core strength is is probably the key. Uh, we find. And so, should I ask you about nutrition or? <laughs> Yeah, probably, um, I'm, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to the nutrition, um, but yeah. I try my best to, um, 
you know, keep the fluids up and, and things like that, especially in summer here in Queensland, like the summer months here at the cart track, you know, you've got a race suit on, it's 35 to getting close to some days, 40 degrees. Um, and, and we probably, well, I don't drink enough water and things like that to probably what I should be, but, yeah. um, just got to try and keep the fluids right up and, and try and eat the right things to sort of, you know, natural energy things like bananas and stuff like that. I think are, are quite good because they just, um, they just give you that natural energy that you need. Um, and and stop basically fatigue because I find it yeah it's quite easy to fatigue in the heat in the summer heat so um, yeah things like that um, I find is is yeah but I'm I'm probably not the best person to talk to when it comes to natural nutrition because I I sort of tend to um I can get a bit slack there. All right, well let's talk about something that you are great at. What about mental preparation? Um, throughout those years, have you had some sort of superstitious? or superstition sorry or um a mantra like a saying or um a track walk or something that you've worn or done to get you into the mental state prior to each race or each race meeting yeah so we i definitely do try and do track walks as much as we can um sometimes we time doesn't permit but places i've never been to we definitely make sure track walks do happen um for me, I had a, a for a period there. I was always getting in the cart from the left hand side because I had this theory that uh, with the airbox where it is, if I had something stuck on my foot, that would drop down in the airbox and then potentially go through the engine. So, for a period of time there, I always used to get in the left hand side. But um, I had a pair of gloves that I wore all through 2016 when we had a great year, and um, but those gloves um, unfortunately started to fall apart at the end of that year. So unfortunately, no longer around, nor can you buy them anymore. So, oh. um, so I, I I don't try and look into that stuff too much because it. But I just for some reason, whenever I wore that one set of gloves, we always had a good result. So I just it put just it down to that. <laughs> and what about a saying? Or are you one to listen to music before you go out? Or, um, or. How do you motivate your clients, I guess? Um, normally, yeah, like normally um, I always tell the people if I'm helping anyone, I've, my my saying, especially with karting related, is um, you, need to, you need to get out of the cart what it can provide you, not what you want it to provide you. So for me with the young kids especially and juniors and stuff like that, um, it's just – Kids tend to overdrive the cart and try and ask a little bit more than what it can give. Um, so if they can tone it down and get the most out of the cart, but obviously not over push the mark, um, I find that's where all the speed comes from. So for me, yeah, it's not to try and get what the cart can provide you, but not what you want it to provide you. So um, yeah, so if you can maximise both of those things, I think you're, you're normally going pretty good. Fantastic. And so... Do you actually do driver training? Tell us a little bit about your work, what you do at um, Pacific Cart Sport. Yeah, so we do offer a driver training. We're actually flat out pretty much every week. Um, we're, we're, we normally Thursday and Friday every week at the moment. We're at Ipswich Cart Club. Um, I haven't been doing so much of it. Normally Dale does all that because um, he's been doing it for a long time. He's mentored a lot of um, probably stars that people see on the TV these days. So he, he's been doing it for a long time, so sort of trust his instinct in, in the driver training side of things at, at 
with what we do at the shop there. Um, and then I tend to just, I'm at the shop looking after the normal day-to-day -day stuff when he's at the track doing that. So um, at the moment, we're there Thursday and Friday every week. Um, and it's, it's not about, um, for us, it's not about trying to, um, you know, make money or anything like that it's just we try and get the most out of out of our customers and um and and dale religiously every track day is always a track walk starts the day with a track walk and then um it's always good too for new people um he'll go through things with the cart that that probably most parents or what that are new to the sport have haven't been taught or showed before so um most of it is on the track um uh, but there's also you know, we go through stuff in the pit area and things like that. So, um, so yeah, go over the cart and teach them, you know, wheel alignments and things like that. So we do do sort of practical stuff as as well as theory stuff. So, um, and, and sometimes we find it's just as beneficial for the for the parents as it is for the driver. So, um, a lot of things, especially with kids, we work on his, his braking technique because uh, a lot of little kids don't tend to to use the brake. So if we can if we can teach them to start using the brake the way it should be, then that's it's also where a lot of the speed comes from is, is, is learning to stop the cart properly. And is specific carts aligned with a specific engine builder or do you guys use different yeah. engines for, yep? Yeah, so we've, um, we've had a long time alliance with uh, John Target, um, JT Motorsport. So uh, John's been around the sport for a very long time. He's one of our Australian greats who's raced over in Europe for, for a number of years. He lived there for a number of years, um, raced for a lot of the factory teams over in Europe um, and is very well respected over in Europe. So uh, John originally was, was building the engines. All We were all in the one shop together, so well, where we are at the moment. Um, and then uh, basically when all the new engine changes come out, um, uh, John basically does all the engine work now, now from home, but still is is hands-on with all our customers does all their engines um track support and all the rest of it that comes with it so um yeah jt motorsport does, does all all of our stuff through pacific car sport fantastic and what do you love about your job or love about karting and the sport that it is um you get to meet a lot of good people i find um we we're fortunate we've got a, a really great customer base um, through our shop and um, we get to meet, you know, a lot of, a lot of really cool people, a lot of interesting people um, that, that have come from different walks of life that have, you know, that, you know, you, you, you never know what the next person walking the door's story is. And um, some of them we've got some, yeah, we've got some really great customers. Um, I, I'm sort of a hands-on sort of person as far as mechanically. So I like, I like, you know, working with tools and and things like that. So I I, I enjoy the the building and 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 the workshop side of uh, of the of my job. Um, so for me, karting is um, is um, is a very technical sort of a sport. Uh, the driving side of it, and then and then working at the the setup side of it too. So, uh, but for me, for the for the things I like about my job is yeah, is just the the hands on side of the of the role. Fantastic. So we're going to get a little bit personal now. Um, so how did a boy from Wagga Wagga end up in Brisbane? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> bit of a yeah, country in New South Wales. Um, so, yeah, born in, in Wagga, spent uh, right up till uh, we moved up here when I was 
12 years old. So year after I started racing. So I started racing at, at Wagga Kart Club. Um, my mum was actually the secretary there for, for the first couple of years that I was racing. Um, and then uh, my dad got a, a role with the Brisbane Broncos. So um, we we moved up here basically on the on the scheme of that. So um, he was there for seven years. Um, uh, he he was there right through all the the glory years when um, you know the they had a really good and um, really great team back then um, with with all your all your great players that you hear of today. So um, he was there right through from yeah nineteen. Uh, 1997 or eight, right through to um, to yeah mid uh, 2004 or something like that. I think he finished up there. So um, yeah, so that was the reason why we moved up here, um, and and we've been here ever since. So um, yeah, that's that's how I ended up in Brisbane. So I guess the most important question of today is, who do you go for, New South Wales or Queensland? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, so I know I've I've stick to my guns. I always always have followed the blues, and I always will. Um, even though it's been a, a sad twelve years that we've had to deal with, but um, yes, I've I've always believed in the saying: it's state of origin, not state of where you live. So I stick to where I where my origin is. Fantastic, good boy. And so you've been with your beautiful partner Joe for ten years now. Did you meet at the track and? How's that relationship evolved? And we are talking about sacrifices before and obviously you're working all the week and you're way racing on the weekend. Has that had an effect on your relationship as well? Uh, so firstly, we, we, well, we met uh, at a kart track because Joe raced for a number of years herself in Sydney. So she grew up racing um, in Sydney with... Um, probably a lot of the people you know um so um but we actually met um uh i think for memory it was in 2005 or six at townsville kart club it was the queensland state championships she was at the track and yeah just through mutual friends and whatnot we met there and then um two years later we yeah um caught up again i i can't remember what we were doing but yeah we were, we were at somewhere the same time and and then yeah one thing went from one to another and and here we are now 10 years later so um yeah so we we met through karting um and for me it's it's sort of been a a helping hand because um i've you know you have partners that don't understand motorsport so it's it's hard to sort of go oh sorry i've got to go away for the next four days for, for racing and and why with Joe, it's she understands how the ball rolls so um it's made life a lot easier for me so um she's yeah always been supportive of the the racing side of things so it's it's never been an issue um trying yeah to when we need to go go to the track or or whatever needs to happen uh, even with with work these days it's it's um she'd rather be me do, me be doing it than not doing it so that's always been good yeah, so, so that's fantastic. You've been able to have that supportive partner um, for you to pursue not only your career but your hobby as well. Yeah, so yeah, she's um, she every now and then we try and get her out in the cart when when she can, but um, yeah, she's just um, just with time and and work herself these days, she just doesn't get to get out in the cart as much as she'd probably like. So, and normally it's it's because I'm I'm in the cart too, so we don't really have um, don't really have anything at all someone to sort of look after or I'm racing so 
yeah, she's normally the um, the supportive one on the race weekend, but you know she enjoys the role. She she helps out and and does what she can um, with within you know our our team and and um, and uh, within the cart club. You know she she did have a role there for a period of time, but um, she's just she's just a spectator these days. <laughs> she's plenty of big wedding. <laughs> <laughs> So what is, um, what is the best advice you have been given when it comes to racing? Um, no doubt you've had a lot of mentors, whether it's been your dad or Dale across the years. Um, yeah, who has been your mentor? Is it a former one? I've, I've, yeah, I've had a, I've had a, yeah, like I'd probably have to say like um, my, yeah, my, uh, like without my dad, I probably, I wouldn't be racing. So I wouldn't be, well, without the parents and the things. So I wouldn't be racing for a start without them. So I'd have to say that dad's been a massive influence on all of that. Um, uh, yeah, my brother as well. Like they've, they've always both, both been very supportive of what I've done. Um, and obviously the last seven years, Dale's been um, making sure I've got the best of what I need to be able to, to do the job. So he's definitely, definitely I've learned a lot um working with him at the shop um taught me a lot of things obviously that i never knew before i started there to the things i know now so um and he's yeah he's always had a lot of advice for me over the years i can't remember every single thing but i i, I think at the time when i'm thinking of it it, it comes to head but yeah. he's always he's always had you know the the right thing to say whether i'm in the heat of the moment the red mist um he's he's very good at calming down the situation and, and getting you yeah, the focus at the job in hand. So, um, yeah, so um, those two guys of of um, Dad and Dale have been, been, yeah, probably the two best people I've had in my corner for, for a long time. Um, JT's always been great when it comes to engine work and, and just they're just both, him and Dale are both realistic when it comes to the racing stuff, you know. There's no, you know, it's... It's, you know, there's no, oh, this and that, but it's just they tell it as it is. And, and that's, I think, why they've both been successful in their own right. So, um, but I've been given, uh, in France, was probably more the most recent, um, the most recent advice I've got when we were there. And it was from um, Kip Foster, who were over there with, who's been around karting for a long time as well. And he, first thing he said to me when I uh, went out for my first heat, was just pick your battles, pick your battles while you're out there. Don't get into into fights that you're going to lose ten spots over. Over for you know trying to to find one. He said just pick your battle and work out your time that to to move. So in France, that was probably the 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 advice I took on. Um, Dale also said to me when I go there, uh, they're just they're just another you with a helmet on. So don't treat them or think that they're any different to anyone else. So. That's probably the two best advice I had when I went over there. And um, we, um, yeah, we, well, I hope <laughs> I took most of it on board, but it, um, it definitely did help my, my train of thought while we are over there. And so, again, obviously being a competitor for over 19 years, do you have any advice for any other competitors out there? What is your um, drives you? Yeah, I, I, I just think that you you can't ever give up like if you if you enjoy the sport and you want to keep doing it I think you just got to work out the level that you want to be doing it at you know so 
I find there's three three versions of the sport at the moment. You've got your social level, you've got your club level, and then you've got your national level. So I think um, depends how serious you want to take it. I think um, so. Um, I think yeah, you just you've just got to um, set yourself some goals and objectives, and if you can achieve them, then I think that you're in what you want to do. So um, for me, it took me 19 years to to win an Australian championship. Why you know I know people that have won them within five years of being in the sport. You know, we've got we've got drivers like Dave Serra won 18 um, national titles, you know. So you, you can't ever give up. I think you just got to keep plodding along and doing what you do and your time will come. Well, I thank you so much for your time tonight, Adam. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they're wanting to learn more about Pacific Heart Sport or getting started in the industry? Yeah, so um, obviously they can call us at, at the shop. Um, we're, we're there basically six days a week. Um, so, yeah, the shop number's 3807-8110 or they can get in contact with us via email, um, which is dale at pacificcarts.com um, or obviously I'm on, on most forms of social media so they can contact me um, via Messenger or, or Instagram or however <laughs> however they're connected with me. So um, we... We, we try and get back to everyone as quick as we can. Just uh, some days we're, we're head down, bum up at the shop and we can't get the phone, uh, well, mobile phone, I should say, but the shop phone we're always answering. So, um, yeah, they're the, probably the, the main ways of, of getting to us or even drop into the shop and, and come and say hi. We'd always like to, to see new people, that's for sure. Thank you again, Adam. Just before we go, I've got one more question. Um, do you know of any, like, resources um, online or um, otherwise that people can access about getting started in karting? Um, I think the best one at the moment on the basically the Karting Australia website, I believe they've just released a, a new range of getting started in the sport though. So, um, you know, things like what tools you need to require, what um, things, for, uh, fuel mixing procedures, um, how to prime up your carburetors and, you know, things like that that probably you your normal, um, your normal day people that, that haven't been showed that wouldn't know how to do. Or just go down to your local cart shop, um, talk to the people there, and they can, they can obviously point you in the right direction. Fantastic. So, again, thank you, Adam, for your time tonight. And um, we look forward to seeing where Jenny takes you in 2019. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, Training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.